Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor professional wrestling fan. Let's start right there on the professional wrestling side, right on the top. And the reason why I got to do it that way is because as I sit here, record this episode to share with all of you, it is officially AEW All Out, baby. I am so thrilled that All Out is back around. It is bittersweet in a way. So last year, I was out All Out in Chicago at the Sears Center. It was amazing. The thing I remember most is the uh, Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in that wacky tables, ladders, chairs, ladder match. It was just insanity. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Canadian destroyers off the tops of ropes through tables. I thought, you know, the Jacksons broke their necks several times. That was exciting. It was pouring rain as we left that night, um, the Sears Center that night. Um, but man, what a time. And it's just incredible how fast time flies. And especially during this period of time where I have not been at any live, live events and it's just been difficult. But I think I've been adapting. I've been Definitely looking forward to Saturday nights where there's content and things that I'm passionate about. And that's really is what's getting me through this time. So all out, baby, back again. This time it's going to be in Jacksonville at Daly's Place. That's okay. I'll be at home. I'll be on my couch. Um, Really good stuff so far on some of the builds. I think, you know, I am really excited to see what they do with John Moxley and MJF. I think MJF giving him this main event platform has certainly allowed him to shine. Um, He's been excited, been cracking me up at home. The storyline I think everyone's most intrigued on is FTR versus Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I think that there's so many dynamics and I think some people are questioning did AEW go about this the right way? I don't know. I like long plays and I like storytelling, so only time will tell. But I am so blessed that I have some professional wrestling content in a big way coming at me. Hopefully you all are enjoying content at home, watching those NBA games. I think just immediate reaction off the top, Miami Heat, good Lord. They are beating people like they stole something. Testament to Pat Riley, testament to Eric Spolstra, I think, just an outstanding job there. There has been just, I saw it firsthand when they played the Pacers. I mean, they are executing on all cylinders. That team is fully loaded. It is almost in a way a new model NBA type of team. Yes, Jimmy Butler is a all-star. Yes, they've got Bam, who's a rising star. Yes, they've got Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and, you know, Jay Crowder. I mean, all of these guys, Duncan Robinson, gosh, I can't talk about the Heat without talking about Duncan Robinson. But this team is just solid throughout. And it's like, 
the way this team has been built and constructed to adapt to this new model of basketball and then double down in this new model of basketball in the bubble, it is hitting and they are peaking at the right time. What do you think about Giannis, everyone? I know that's a topic a lot of people are talking about. I think from my perspective, it's, you know, I'm not short. I don't think about things from a short-term perspective. I mean, I sat here as Peyton Manning's number one fan in Indianapolis forever. And this kind of reminds me of early Peyton Manning where, you know, he'd go out and he would dominate the regular season and then lose in the playoffs. And part of that losing in the playoffs was certainly around the personnel that the Colts had built and then also the matchups that they were facing. And it just seemed like once it push came to shove before they got over the hump, they were just outmatched. And it seems like that is what's happening with this Milwaukee Bucks team. You know, my observations of this Bucks team going into the playoffs were like, yeah, it has Giannis. And yeah, the rest of the team is really tall, but like they're super vulnerable. And that's what I think we're seeing right now. We're seeing a spry Miami Heat team that is just playing with reckless abandon. That's super exciting. And they're taking advantage of this. Wow, Giannis, their Peyton Manning in a way is not necessarily playing his best basketball. So when you, you kind of rely so much on one player, it doesn't really seem to work itself out. So I think that's something just overall long-term people who are collecting and investing in Giannis, something to think about. I think I talk about this a lot. It's not necessarily just about where they're at right now, but where is that player going to be in five years? Okay. So, you know, Giannis might not stay in Milwaukee forever. He might, but he might not either. So I think take those all into consideration. Don't be short-minded. And, uh, you know, Giannis is a special player. He's just having a tough stretch. I am like bursting at the seams. I know I've been talking about it a lot. NFL has been top of mind. As I sit here and record this, we are in that week, baby. And man, it is just something else. I can't like begin to explain to everyone here listening how much like my mood is so seasonal and how it's so seasonal. I try to be a optimistic guy and I try to be like upbeat, you know, like life sucks sometimes and you know, you take them on the chin and you get down and you know, you got to pick yourself back up. I definitely deal with that regularly. And that's just part of the struggle, especially now, you know, being stuck in home and trying to adapt to a new circumstance. But I can tell you that when the NBA came back, my spirits were lifted because I had sports to attach myself to and I could attach those sports to sports cards, which is amazing. And then, you know, there was everything has gone wrong this year, right? But it seems like this bubble play has gone right. And then now there's just like so much optimism and we're going to see the NFL on the other side of this. And we are seeing the NFL this week. And to me, that's just an amazing success. And is it going to be different? It certainly is. It's going to be different for me. I am used to going to every Colts home game and walking from my house a mile away, getting some like, greasy breakfast in me, hanging out with friends, and going to all the games. And I know that's just not how it's going to be this year. And that's okay. We've got so much to consume and entertain us, whether it's, you know, grilling out, having red zone on, making sports bets, playing DFS, and checking your fantasy lineups. And by God, how about 
moving around some sports cards. And man, I've been talking about that and that is so special and so powerful. So like, I am so high right now on just this opportunity we all have with the excitement we always get in those bubbles we always get in our stomach as we enter week one. Remember everyone, there's these players we're investing in, but at the end of the day, you know what's most important. What's most important is the success of our squads. We live and die by it. We wear it proudly. I I got back from a run this morning and as I'm walking down the street, I just I'm staring at my house and I've just got this massive Indianapolis Colts blue and white flag waving just it's a beautiful day here, 60 degrees, waving proudly and the sun was hitting it and I was just like, "Man, I am so proud to be a Colts fan and I am so proud of that. And I know you're proud of being the fans of your teams too. And my dad hit me with a text yesterday and it was just one of those things where like I was busy trying to close out a work day and, you know, he gets excited about the Colts being back. I obviously get excited about the Colts being back. And he just hit me with a text and he asked me the question. He said, on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you for the NFL starting this week? And my response was, I feel like I've been paying my dues for the last six months, but no, there is a bonus on the other end of it. If I keep it up Sunday, I'm going to get the check and I'm cashing it in on life. That is what football means to me. That is how important it is. It is a way of life. It is a tradition and it is a damn religion for me. It is. And I, I've tried to over the years not get so up and down about it. Obviously, with so much, so many changes happening with the Colts over the last few years, but there was a period of time where it was like each game live and die by. I don't necessarily prescribe to that because it's not great for my mental health. But man, how good does it feel when your squad pulls out that W, especially on week one? Keep that high rolling, baby. And so like, I am so excited about that. And I'm so excited. We all get to be a a part of that and, you know, jump in and cheer for our squad, cheer for all the players, not only on our fantasy teams, but that we have spent this time investing in. That is fun stuff. And so like, I just want to tell all of you, like spirits are high. I'm really excited. I'm excited to talk with all of you about what's happening with your football portfolio this year the good, the bad, the ugly, the learnings you're having. Because that's one thing. This is the first time as aggressive as I am and the rest of you are going about it. This is the most aggressive most people will have been buying, selling, trading sports cards during the NFL season. So it is our job to share those insights and tell other people tips, tricks, timing, things you're reading, things you're seeing. I think The more we can do that together, the better off we'll be in the end. And remember, we got to help educate each other because the more people that are educated, the more people that'll stay in the hobby. The more people that stay in the hobby, the more money will be in your portfolio and in your sports card. So don't forget that. I think the other thing is don't, I said this a little bit last week, but don't let like prices and fluctuations on top guys scare you. Okay. There is always a game within the game. Remember, turn left when the market is going right. Be a student. Go be involved in communities. Take some time. Instagram is powerful. Use it. Gather information. Read. Look on Twitter. Get ahead of that next trend. Get ahead of the guy the fans really like who might get an opportunity week four. That's what it's all about, and that's how you're going to get ahead of it. So make sure you're putting in the work 
the more work you put in, the more fun you're going to have. These episodes, like they're stringing together like so quickly. And I was talking about this with Chris, with the pace. I think that is true. It's like when you're truly enjoying something, time flies when you're having fun. And that's what it seems to me. I really feel like in this like whole way this is evolving for me and with stacking slabs and for engagement with you, it really feels like I'm like building weekly episodic television at times, like, but it's different. It's like digital. So like this constant cycle of writing down my thoughts, creating content, making episodes, doing the podcast, doing videos, and it just keeps going. And like, for me, it's not hard at all because there's so much to talk about. Like I could sit up here If you gave me, you know, a whole pot of coffee, maybe, maybe a little bang, we'll throw some bang in there. I could sit up here and talk about topics of sports and sports cards for 24 hours. Why? Because I'm passionate about it. I love it. I think there's just, it's ever changing and evolving. So like I see things throughout the week and I just journal them. I like quick notes, quick notes, quick notes. And then by the time Friday rolls around, Friday afternoon is when I format. And I'm like, all right, let me look at all my thoughts. What's happening? What do I care about right now? And that's when I start formatting my episodes. And then I record them on Saturday. So it's just like this constant cycle. And to me, it's so stimulating and so much fun. And I know you're having fun chopping it up with me, but I just feel like so lucky. I feel lucky meeting people like Chris and having conversations with him. It's just inspiring to meet like-minded people. And I can't emphasize this enough. Like, keep digging in, finding people like you where they're at. Like when I started the show, it was all about like me joining the hobby and sharing my experiences. And so like that moves to its next level where it's like now I'm on like the evolution of my collecting and investing. And so like we're all in these different stages, like go find the people that are in your stage because the more you're talking with them, the more you can share experiences and the better, more fun you'll have. And remember, it's all about having fun. And that's what I think is like, a core element for being successful. If you're not having fun always, that's a problem. Like if there are those roadblockers, get rid of them. Like it's on you. It's your decision. Like don't let that happen. Like if there's a somebody on YouTube who is absolutely terrible, who is like doesn't know what they're talking about and they are keep showing up in your feed, well, just quit clicking them. Like you don't have to know what they're going to say. You know, it's going to be stupid and you know, it's going to piss you off. Like just drop it. Like, like shut it out, block it out. Like if, you know, subbing is pissing you off, stop doing it. So it's like, it's all on us and we all have the opportunity to get rid of the stuff that just pisses us off. And I think the more we're having fun, the more we're going to be successful. The other thing that is going to allow you to be successful is buying what you like and letting information guide you, but not instruct you. I've talked about that. I get a lot of questions about this all the time about players and this and that. And it's like, you know, when I talk about players, it's just like that. These are the guys I like based on what I'm doing. I am like, that doesn't mean like those are guys that like you should be buying. It really isn't. Like a lot of what I talk about is like prospect in nature, right? Or observations I'm seeing. I do a lot of studying and research. Do the studying and research. Buy what you like. I buy what I like. And I think it makes me more successful. Make sure you have that sports knowledge and insight. That is so critical. So critical in order to be successful. You got to love it. You got to anticipate, like I was saying, like play the game that others are not in the hobby. Got to trust your instincts. You got to make those moves early on. Like I made the move 
when I said skill positions matter, DFS market matters, this is going to be something everyone wants. When I started saying that narrative, like it wasn't, I just was like pontificating. It was because it was something I believed in based on what I was studying and seeing in the market. And like, for me, like, because I said that I wish I would have, but I didn't go out and like spend like a bunch of money on some of the top guys like Michael Thomas and not in retrospect, I wish I would have bought some more Michael Thomas based on the way his cards had moved. But I started from the bottom where I was like, all right, who are the guys that I think have the most potential that are severely undervalued? Because one, no one's paying attention to football. Two, if people are paying attention to football, they're not paying attention to receivers. Three, if people are paying attention to football and they're paying attention to receivers, they're not paying attention to these guys. And so like, that's like, I'm Hollywood Brown. Like I just, his prices are just like, have gone on, like they're crazy right now, just based on like where they were to where they're at without him playing. So I think like, that is like, I anticipated that and I anticipated those moves and that allowed me to get ahead of that curve and spending time anticipating is a core element for being successful. I also, first and foremost, think speed. Don't waver. You can't hesitate. You just got to make your decisions. It's like the Luca 24-hour auction I put up. I just didn't even think about it. I just put it up. And it's going to work sometimes. Sometimes it's not. But I think the more you do it, the more you're going to learn and the more you'll be successful. And speed kills. And you know what we're not able to do and what's holding us back and what is a huge roadblock right now? Grading. I can't stop. I like I sat here and I'm like, I want to talk about stuff all that just makes me happy in the hobby. And I said, well, you know what? Like, that's not necessarily a fair like perspective of what I'm thinking about. And what I want this show to ultimately be is be content and information that's helpful to you based on my thoughts and opinions that are founded on research and are founded on just what I'm about. Okay. And this is like a what I'm about. And I'm going to speak out on this just because I I'm just like tired of this and I am tired of us just sitting here taking it. And it's, then there's like, I'm a big, big advocate of great and effective communication because it matters. Words matter. Messages matter. Like this all matters. And you know, like, I feel like we are all down in the hobby right now. People that are trying to get their stuff slabbed up we're down and we just get keep getting kicked and now we're just getting just pissed on and like this is where i say to myself like something has to change and and it is something has to change and it starts with all of us like it starts with all of us like not taking it and saying this is not right and like i've made mention of it but like i have freaking had it i got an email this week in my inbox like all of you did from steve sloan at psa okay here this email was so tone deaf and i read it and i said is this company is this guy kidding right now because like the thing that matters to anyone reading your emails psa is that we are tired of waiting our cards are with you. You jack the prices up and we're tired of it. So nothing you say matters. It should all be about that. And your communication to me in my inbox had nothing to do with that. Indirectly, you could say it did. Okay. And let's recap the note right here. So you're making business improvements with our customers and our collectors. This is, you're making these improvements. Okay. General statement. 
you are 20, you have 21 new employees in August. You have 21 employees in August doing what? And how does that matter to me? I don't care how many people you bring on board. What are they doing? How does that matter to my cards? The cards I have. You are not speaking to me as the customer. That is a problem. You created a customer resource center. You can create all the resource centers and everything you want in the world. I need the one-to-one relationship telling me what's happening with my order. That's common decency. That's customer service. Then the just kick dirt in the face is another new operational improvement is to announce next week we'll be introducing submission ID labels. The days of writing the service levels on the side of your package are over. Oh, that was the big bane of my existence working with PSA. It was taking out a freaking Sharpie and writing my service level on the side of the box. Give me a break. This is absurd. Is anyone else feeling this or is it just me? Is it just me? Because I've had it. You know what company? And again, where I come from in this hobby and in this market is Status quo syndrome, things are going to pass you by. Things are going to pass people by. This can be the way it always has been. And this is who we grade with. And this is how we grade. Like, and this is not just a PSA thing. This is a BGS thing. This is a SGC thing. This is across the board. This is not being prepared for growth. End of story. And taking it out on your customer. Fail. That is failing as a business. All grading companies failing. And what I'm saying is it does not have to be always this way. It really, really doesn't. And it might not seem like there's a solution out there right now. And it might seem like this is just the the way we're going to deal with it for a while. But let me tell you something. When I think about what I'm dealing with with these grading companies right now, it is the same freaking relationship I had with cable company and is the reason why I don't use cable anymore and why I stream my stuff. Okay. That turn of this. That is going to happen if things don't change, okay? And there will be an alternative. Just like Stacking Slabs is your hobby content alternative, we talk about things differently here. Just it's content though, but there's got to be another alternative in the grading market or something has to change. Think about Blockbuster. Think about Netflix. I mean, come on. All right, man, I did not know I was going to get that fired up about it, but that matters to me. I hope it matters to you. Man, oh man. All right, so let's get back into things that make us happy and things that uh, we're excited about. I think it is football week. We've got a game tomorrow, okay? It is, like, so freaking exciting that we've got, you know, Patrick Mahomes stepping back on the field. We've got a young quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I think everyone's going to be watching that game. Look at the ratings of that game and tell me people who are in that set of people aren't interested or involved or hearing about sports cards. I am excited about that. I think you got to ask your question, like what game are you playing? Like, are you playing the game of year long with opportunities to hit the wire and trade? Like much like your fantasy team. Is that how you're going to be transacting sports cards? Are you going to be doing it more DFS style week by week? I think like you need to think about that right now. Like you need to think about like week one matchups and, what you have or who might be a buy low opportunity based on, you know, the current matchup. And then there's platforms like Starstock that can help make you facilitate that quickly. So I think there's like 
That's how you just got to be thinking about what your strategy is going into that. We got to talk a little bit about the NBA and I think hoops in general. So we've heard that John Morant unanimously almost was the rookie of the year. I think it's been interesting. You hear these news stories and then I've been looking at the cards and seeing what movement has happened. So like based on when I recorded this, there's been no real movement on his PSA 10 silver. His base 10 has gone up 30 bucks. And then, so that tells me like the growth rate has been built into that PSA 10 silver card. A lot about it from like a height perspective, waiting for him to rejoin the floor, maybe waiting for him to potentially make the playoffs and not. So I think like there's only so far up these cards are going to go until like these players do something like of absolute magnitude. So I think that was interesting. Like this kid who the hobby loves, who I'm a collector of, had the rookie of the year announced, but you know, his main card is PSA 10 Silver Prism really didn't see any movement after that. That just, I think, shows you how much hype is already built into some of these prices. You look at a guy like Brandon Ingram, who is announced to be the most improved player. His silver has dipped quite a bit. So once that was announced, it had not gone up. But it was interesting, his PSA 10 hollow has gone up $200. So it's very fascinating. And it, to me, it's more like you got to dig within product lines and see where there's growth opportunities. When people like started buying up Brandon Ingram, like they're immediately going to go to the silver prism. Well, then when he got announced, people looked at like the prism price and said, that's too high already. Let me go look at the optic hollow. And that's what happened. That price went up $10. You look at a guy like, and I talked about this card, James Harden's Tops Chrome 10. I talked about this a few episodes ago from a growth potential. This card has gone from 5,200, I think it was about that last time we talked, to 8K. Okay. And now the Rockets, they did beat the Lakers game one. But I think it was like people just started to like see this card and James Harden as just a constant MVP performer, like him or hate him and just said, this card is way undervalued. So I think like my analysis and my assessment just in general, when it comes to like the NBA cards, it's just like, go find guys and go study products where you think there's opportunities for growth because it exists everywhere. You just got to go do the work and do the digging. I am just obviously spending a ton of time and Kyler Murray cards. This week was an intense week for me, and I'm still, hopefully by the time this goes live, um, I will have something nice to talk about. But I had a moment where I said, gosh, like I've had just like so much fun like with Kyler Murray, anticipation. I think he is going to be like Steph Curry. Like I think his prices are going to see like have potential to be Luka-like based on, on the football side. But I think like as a player, he is going to be like viewed as kind of like that Steph Curry for football. I think kids everywhere are going to be wanting to play B. Kyler Murray when they're in their backyard tossing the football around, playing flag football. I just think he has a lot of impact. I love just the surrounding pieces in DeAndre Hopkins and the coaching staff and their dedication to just making sure he is in a good fit from a system perspective. Sky is the limit for this kid. And I just like, he's my guy. Like he's like, Everyone's got to have their guy and he's really my guy and I'm a believer and I know there 
you know, they've got a tough schedule and he's going to have to overcome that. But like in order to have these breakout moments and just continue to elevate your price, you've got to, you know, win some games you probably shouldn't. So like that is why I'm super excited to ride the Kyler rocket shift. He's just a player I believe in. I decided months ago, I was like, he's expensive now, but I got to make this happen just because I want to watch him all year. I think this week has been somewhat stressful for me as I've been. So it's an addiction, guys and gals. It is an addiction. I bought the PSA 10 silver prism that has a low pop for $2,200. This week, it went up to $4,100 without him stepping on the field. That's his the card of him right now. That growth rate is insane. Any person that is like, probably sane should just go sell the card right now, but I can't, I can't, I'm invested in him. I'm invested in watching him, but like, I have so much investment in cool freaking Kyler Murray cards. Like it's awesome. Like I'm like, I got legit cards that like anybody in the hobby who is collecting Kyler would want. And that's fun. But like, I got a little panicked. I said, you know what? I'm scared. This is going to be like my last time this year or until like football stops or whatever to like really buy a cool Kyler Murray card another one until the season starts so I have not made a purchase but I'm in active conversations and I have spent the entire week liquidating some stuff and most of it honestly has not been sports cards most of it has been professional wrestling items and it's wild and that's what I'm saying it's like diversify your collection sometimes too it's like I I was sitting on some old school vintage Hasbro green cards. And I looked at them and I love them and their prices are going up. But I said, you know, if I sold these cards or the rate of growth between this Kyler Murray cards I'm looking at and these vintage Hasbro's, like if Kyler has a season, I'm going to, I think he's going to have, these cards are going to elevate in a way where I could go sell one of them and then buy back these cards or wrestling fingers. So that's how my mind works. But I literally know the demand of these figures and I just, I did a live auction. They were sold immediately and now I've got my PayPal locked and loaded and I'm negotiating. I am negotiating. I got a best offer. I got a an offer price on a card and I'm not going to go into specifics on cards and prices because I don't want to, I don't want to ruin this. I'm excited, right? But I got an offer on a card that, you know, it was higher than the last sale, but the last sale was July, which I know there's going to be some hype in there and I know I'm going to have to pay more. But like now I'm communicating via message where I'm like, I sat on it for 24 hours. And I said, you know what? Like not a bad price, but let me see if I can get it to a b- even better price. So I think that's what we all have to do in the hobby when we see something. It's definitely like reach out to the sellers. It never hurts to ask, but I'm so excited to watch Kyler Murray this year. It's going to be awesome. This week, Hobby Hustle, I bring back Scott Greenberg from Starstock back on the show. He, it's just a really fun conversation. First, one of the first people I talked to in the hobby about skill position, guys, we talked about that forever. We both thought that they were going to pop. He built a freaking platform basically about it. So like I wanted to bring him back on. I have been so lucky to be asked by them to join the Starstock Invitational Football Challenge. It is going to be fun. I get 500 bucks. I get to use those $500 on whoever I want, whoever has the most money in their account at the end of the season. 
is going to have a chance to win the Patrick Mahomes Rookie 10. It's a base, but also it's a silver. Card's like $7,000 right now. So I will be talking about that a lot on the coming episodes, who I'm picking, why I'm picking them. I want us all to be a part of it. I'd love your feedback along the way if you're following that. There is, uh, I don't know, I'm not at liberty to say right now who the other participants are because I don't know if everything will be announced by the time this episode goes live, but I'll just tell you, there's some heavy hitters in there. So get ready. I'm excited. Think uh, Starstock is doing some awesome stuff. I'm excited to be a part of that and honored. I was on Michael from Back Into Cards. He did a live podcast last week. I did that. I had fun chopping it up with him. He's someone that I've been engaging with on social media platforms for some time. So one of the first guys I saw on TikTok talking about cards. So go check out Michael's channel. I was also on Wax Pack Hero, Mike Summer. I was on his podcast last week. Go check out that conversation. I love Mike's approach to the hobby. I love, you know, he just opened up a LCS that he acquired. He's just a super passionate guy and a very knowledgeable guy and very smart with his money and sports cards. So it's really, really fun to be a part of that. And then also I want to shout out um, at graded at graded sports dot cards on Instagram. Put up a infographic of favorite people in the hobby. It was Lameem, Card Ladder, Cards Insights, and Stacking Slabs. And that is some good freaking company. So I just want to shout out accuratedsports.cards for the love on that. I just seeing like I was in a Lameme James meme this week. My fa- my my face was in the crowd and it's just like that is such an honor. Like it really is. Like I like like when I pull up Instagram like I'm just cracking up and to be in a Lameme James meme is just so fun to me. And it's just I love it. I just love it so much. And it's like we all ha- can't take ourselves too seriously. We all just have to enjoy the hobby. All right. So, ooh, I got to give a little recommendation first. So Bill Callahan, Gold Record, new album that I want to make sure you're all listening to. I'm a big Bill Callahan fan. I think he's one of the best living songwriters we have. He's just so fantastic. He just had a new one drop. So make sure you are checking that one out. Okay, so let's see here. You know. Let's talk a little bit about some football cards that I've gotten. And I'll just one perspective real quick. I think, you know, Leonard Fournette, it'll be interesting. He's like, I look at him and I look at like Cam Newton as these guys who just saw like tremendous like decline and then growth in their cards in a short period of time. We'll see what Leonard Fournette does. Obviously, he has a good offensive system. I think the Jags are in the most obvious tank mode of all time. I think Fournette, you know, you got, he's got to be able to hold on to the ball. Like, I think that's one thing I haven't really heard about, but like, you know, stay healthy, hold on to the ball. Like I've seen like some people like rank him as like the top running back. I'm not there yet. I mean, he could be, but like, I think there's still a little bit of a red flag for me on him. He's obviously playing with Brady. So that helps, but be cautious before. And don't just be, Oh, Leonard Fournette's going to play with Tom Brady and you know, Gronk and Evans and Godwin and the line, you know, don't just like chalk that up as a W. They still have to play and it still has to work out. Like even if Jacksonville is in tank mode, they still, there's reasons behind those moves. So just always think about it. I got some cool Terry cards. The one card I don't think I updated you on on um, was uh, I got a, the National Treasure Stars and Stripes of 20, Terry McLaurin, 
PSA 10, baby. That came in the mail. It's a beautiful card. Emotionally attached to that one. I think I grabbed it because you don't really see too many NTs in PSA 10. So I thought it was an affordable price. I got that. That is in my PC. All right. I want to close out here by talking about football products. And then I don't know if I'm going to do this every week, but I'm going to do it this week because I'm excited about it. This is not deep research and insights. There's some that went into it, but I just went down the list of NFL matchups for this week and just picked one guy who I think is going to pop in those games. But first, let's start with the product. So I think football is just from the market and how we're operating in the prices right now, you can say it's it's been historically unproven. I think there's like, you look at like new football products coming in and like what's been released so far, it's like Prestige, Certified, Luminous, Donruss, Score. It's, and they're never going to stop. I think I want to take some time to just like share everyone, like my perspective on like football and the products. And like my strategy is to make sure that I spend most of my time and most of my funds on products that have some proven performance, some, but then also take maybe a shot on something that I think is just undervalued. And so like, I think it's a lot simpler to attack the market and attack the hobby and buy certain cards if you're focused on certain sets. I think like, you know, you see Prestige, you see Certified, Luminous, like these cards are fine, but like, the historical value of these cards over time is like certainly unproven. Like it just is. And like, those aren't like the cards the hobby looks at and like says like, Oh, this is what we're like dying for. These are like fillers in between. These are like, Oh, let's put some packs at retail. Let's, let's have some hobby boxes for breakers. But like, to me, these aren't the main products. So it's like, I think about like, obviously you got to talk about prism and I'm buying prism cards. And I think like you've got the people that are coming in, their first cards that they're really going to be exposed to are like the base prism cards. And then you look at the silvers and I think that's good. That's fine. It's like from my perspective, when I'm looking at prism cards right now, I'm more interested in the colored parallels, the numbered stuff. And I think like no one has really done this, but like, it's just like, first of all, like prism, like undeniable, you look at Kyle or silver. I talked about it earlier. It's just going nuts. So prism is a product everyone's going to be paying attention to. I'm paying attention to it. But like thinking about like scarcity, because I think like if I'm investing in football cards, modern day football cards, I don't want to invest in base. I might use base to help fund my scarcity buys, but like I'm not about like hanging on to a bunch of base cards at this point. So like I look at like Prism and I, if I'm looking at Prism, like I'm looking at the players I like and I, you know, I like Kylo Murray. I like Terry McLaurin and there's so many other guys. I like guys I want to keep. Those are like the two guys. And so like you break it down. It's like, all right. So like, if you think about a hobby box, there's one silver in per box. So like think about Kyler Murray. It's like your odds of getting the Kyler Murray silver in a hobby box, a Prism, it's those chances are tough. That's why like, you know, and those cards aren't being graded tens. They have a low pop. So that all those combination of factors go in together and they, and also the player, he's got to be good. People got to want to buy him. Those go all into like soaring prices. But then you got to like, I don't think a lot of people are talking about this, like start talking about like the different parallels. So if the prism from last year, you've got the orange, which are 249. 
You've got the blue wave out of 199. The hypers, the hypers are so dope. They're hard to find too. Like I struggle to find hypers of guys I want. 175. Red wave, 149. Blue ice, 99. Green scope, 75. Purple power, those cards rule, 49. Camo, 25. Red shimmer, 15. Gold, 10. Gold vinyl, 5. Black, 1. It's like those, like those cards. That's what I want. And so like for me, I've identified Prism as a product that I want to buy. And then I'm looking at the parallels and I'm studying the parallels and the growth. And what you will find if you study this right on guys, maybe not named Kyler Murray or maybe guys that have not gotten the attention, go find their silver prices and then go look at some of this more limited stuff. And you're going to probably find that the more limited stuff, like maybe a blue ice, might be selling for cheaper than a silver. I don't know. Do some digging there. The other one I'm interested in, I bought some Terry McLaurin recently, is just contenders. It's consistent. There's a track record. I'm not talking about optic. I'm talking about contenders. Again, like you look at like a Russ Wilson's card in contenders, and you know, this card was like, 1850 in June. Now it's 3300. That tells me that people are interested and curious with contenders cards. You've got their parallels, which are are fun, like the stubs, the playoff tickets, championship tickets, cracked eyes, clear tickets, Super Bowl ticket. You know, it's like those, like those are like those rookie cards of those set. Like that's what you're going to want to dig in and be educated and dig in on, like the performance of those cards over time. But just in talking with people in the hobby that have been doing this for longer than I have, it's like contenders always comes up as a football product you should be interested in. Then you've got the premium stuff like National Treasure, right? So like, and you got to know like there's the true RPAs and then you've got like the different, you've got crossover, you've got NFL gear, you've got Stars and Stripes like, like I talked about. And then with inside those, you've got like, You've got like silvers, golds, blacks, logo, reds, like shield platinum. So like going in and studying like the variations of each of these cards. What's the true RPA? How do you measure that against like a crossover? How do grades factor in? Like studying that stuff is what I want to wake up in the morning and get excited about just because just within specific products, there's so many layers and it can go so deep. So those are like the main products. But then there's the other one that I just think is my favorite right now because I think it's completely undervalued. I I love it because it's a set that's built for me as a collector based on my love and appreciation of scarcity. And that's the select brand. And I love the select brand just because I think one, it's undervalued. Just go look at like, I want to be very careful with how I cross over basketball and football product performance, but sometimes it's not a bad thing just to anticipate. Just go look at like the Luca court side card. Okay. Just look at how it's grown and just think about like a guy like Kyler Murray and his field level and think about what might be possible with that card. That's something that should get you excited. But like silver, like to me, my favorite cards are silver, regardless of price. I love how it's broken down by three different sets and each set is more scarce than the other. I love scarcity. Concourse, your, you know, your base level. Premier, your level up. Your field, your money level, baby. And within all of that, you've got, 
you know, your silvers, your zebras, your tricolor, your blue, your light blue, your purple, your neon, your white, your tie-dye, your gold, your green, your black. Come on. Like that is to me the way the select product is laid out. It is built for a scarcity numbered collector who understands value and doesn't look at cards as just cards. I think like it's just that's like last year's 2019 the hobby box had 24 concourse cards, base cards, 10 base premier level cards and two field level cards, okay? So like that shows you kind of some of the breakdown. I love select. I'm very bullish on select. I am spending a ton of time on select. And I think you should too. Just dig into select, look at some trends, see what you're seeing. And I just think that's an opportunity everyone can be capitalizing on. We're going to round this out. I am just, I'm going to take a sip of coffee here, man. I'm still trying to like get myself leveled after my uh, blow up on grading companies. (sighs) All right. So let's look at, and this is my off the cuff. Hey, I think you should go uh, buy these guys. This is more like I'm holding myself accountable just by looking at the matchup and just my knowledge of teams of maybe what they did last year and knowing pieces, doing very limited research, but just taking my knowledge over a period of time and doing a quick hit reaction of who is a player in that matchup I think could have a game where people are talking about. All right, I'll start with Indianapolis Colts versus Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not going to get off Marlon Mack. I think the Colts are going to be a team that is going to try to establish the run just early on in the season based on their offensive line. And Phillip Rivers is going to throw the ball a ton, but they're not going to throw the ball a ton if they're able to pound the ball down people's throats. And I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a nice piece to watch, but I think Marlon Mack in that game, he had a nice week one last year against the Chargers. I see that as a repeat. Texans, Chiefs, this is going to be just like, Lots of scoring, exciting way to start the season. I mean, I have to just say Patrick Mahomes. We're going to see some moonshots. I'm so excited to see that moonshot back. I think Patrick Mahomes, what an exciting player. I think like if you want to take it a level deeper, and this is a guy last year, I was just like every DFS lineup, but like I think McCole Hartman could could break and see a couple of games there. Seahawks and Falcons is another one that I just like very, very little uh, defensive threat. And I think like, this could be a game the Seahawks like score like 50 points. I think it like they could score 50 points and I think the game could still be competitive just by the way the Falcons operate. But like this is a game where, you know, I'm thinking like it just depends on like where the attention is. It's like a Ty Lockett or a DK Metcalf game, one or the other. Jets, Bills, everybody on the Bills. I'm just kidding. Devin Singletary, I think just they're going to use that car. They're going to run, run him down the Jets throats. I like him a lot. Bears Lions, this is one you're not going to be expecting, but I'm going to say it. I am going to say Mitchell Trubisky. Wow, I did it. I just, I have no faith in the Lions defense. I never do. I don't like Patricia. I know the Bears are down a few guys offensively, but I think, you know, Mitch is chance. And I think, you know, against, he's got a nice start to the season against a defense that I'm not completely sold on yet. So I'm going to go Trubisky, Packers, Vikings. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, talk about a chip on his shoulder. You don't want that guy to, you don't want to be playing that guy with the chip on his shoulder. I just expect big things from Aaron Rodgers this year. Dolphins, Pats, really difficult one for me. I think like I'm not high on the Dolphins defense at all. And I think like I don't know what to expect out of the Patriots offense. 
And I certainly am not going to put my bet on a Patriots running back because who the hell knows who they're going to be starting. But I'll just say Nikhil Harry. I think um, Nikhil Harry could have one of those starts of the season that's strong. Eagles-Washington. I like probably the Eagles in this game, but I like Terry McLaurin a lot just because I think he's is might be the best route runner in the NFL like at a very young age. And I think that flexing into some of the way the Eagles – set up, line up, play defense. I think he'll get his shots and I think he'll get a, a lot of catches. Raiders, Panthers, got to just go Christian McCaffrey. He's going to touch the ball a ton. Browns, Ravens, again, this is like chalk. Got to just say Lamar Jackson. It's hard not to start a season there. Bengals, Chargers, Keenan Allen. I think I'm just, think the Bengals definitely improved their team. I think there's still some question marks on their defense side of the ball. I just like Tyrod Taylor, he's gotten high regards. He always starts the season off strong when he has the job, and I think he's going to use a guy who has a lot of confidence in, and that is Keenan Allen. Bucks Saints, everybody's talking about the Bucks. Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Gronk. No one's talking about their defense. There's probably a reason for that. They weren't very good this last year. I know they made some changes. For that, I'm going Michael Thomas. I think Drew Brees is going to be throwing lasers at this dude all day long, and he's going to be unstoppable. Cards, 49ers, you already know where I'm going. 49ers should win the game, but come on, I can see this as a Kyler coming out party, starting the season strong with an unreal performance. I'm going to go with my man Kyler. Boys, Rams, Zeke, that offensive line is too good. I know, you know, Aaron Donald's tough, but just Zeke, it's hard not to pick him. Steelers, Giants, I don't like this one at all, but by default, I'll just say um, Saquon Barkley. And Titans, Broncos, I'm just going to say it better be Drew Locke for the hobby and his sake because, man, there's a lot of hype on that guy. Happy freaking NFL, everybody. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button. Leave me a review. Give me that five stars. Follow me across all social channels. Enjoy this time. Enjoy the sports. This is really fun. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you and talk to you real soon.